Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we celebrate Industrial Water Week. Happy Industrial Water Week, everybody, and happy Careers Friday. In case you're wondering, Industrial Water Week is always the first full week of October, and today we are celebrating our very last day of Industrial Water Week. That is Careers Friday. So I hope you've had a great week. We, of course, have been listening to Scaling Up H2O each and every day, and we've been celebrating each and every day. We started out with pre-treatment Monday, then Boiler Tuesday, Cooling Wednesday, Wastewater Thursday, and then Careers Friday. It has been an amazing week, and we want to make sure that you celebrate Industrial Water Week in style, and you definitely want to make sure today is the biggest part of your celebration. So happy to celebrate Industrial Water Week with you. And I'm so happy that I have a career in industrial water treatment. That's what we're celebrating today, Careers Friday. It's all about having a career in the best profession in the world. And that, of course, is industrial water treatment, what we're in right now. I am so thankful to be a water treater I was lucky to be born into it. Some say they fall into water treatment. However it is that you became an industrial water treater, it is my pleasure to call you part of the Scaling Up Nation. Now on this day, many companies have a cake to celebrate Industrial Water Week. If you have a cake before you eat it, take a picture of it, and post it on social media. Be sure to hashtag it with IWW22 and Scaling Up H2O. Now this elevates your cake to our cake and we can celebrate together. Speaking of cake, a few years ago, I talked about a water cake, and many of you have asked me to repost that recipe for the water cake. Now, many of you have tried it. Many of you have made the water cake a tradition that you keep each and every year for Industrial Water Week, and some of you have never tried it and you want to try it. And then there's a small outlying group of people that have adopted the water cake as a rite of passage for new water treaters to eat to signify that they are part of this amazing industry. Now, if you're wondering what is in it, we have the recipe posted on this show notes page. So if you're wondering what is in it, there's nothing really sinister. It's water, olive oil, vanilla extract, flour, baking powder, sugar, and cocoa powder. So again, this cake, it was rumored to be George Washington's favorite cake, and people could travel with the ingredients because they were non-perishable. So go to Scaling Up H2O. We will have a link there so you can download the recipe that we shared two years ago. 
And as always, if you are going to make the water cake, don't keep that to yourself. Hashtag your social media post to IWW22 and Scaling Up H2O. I also want to thank all of the people that shared their stories about the water cake. I am just amazed at how many people made the water cake two years ago. So I wanted to bring it back this year. It got a little bit stale, no pun intended, on our website. So let's see if we can pick that back up. And if you guys want the recipe, it'll be available for you. Now, speaking of stories, that's the whole name of the game when you are an industrial water treater. We learn things through stories. We teach things through stories. And it's no wonder we're able to paint pictures with our stories and bring others in to what we experienced. And we're also able, if we're listening to a story, to pretend that we are there and actually see what that other person encountered so we can have a similar experience without actually having the real experience. Stories are a great way to learn and a great storyteller is James McDonald. Here's another story with James. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. Happy Industrial Water Week. As we celebrate Careers Friday, I am reminded of my career in industrial water treatment. As you often hear, you're either born into our profession or you fall into it. I fell into it by innocently answering a job posting in a newspaper. I remember receiving a follow-up call from a company owner saying they were interested in me, but that they didn't move quickly on such things. He said to be patient, and they'd call back. As you have guessed, they did call back. And I remember during my interview noticing how much everyone seemed to really enjoy what they did. They hired me, tucked me under their wings, supported me, and challenged me. They let me make mistakes and learn from them. They let me connect with the larger industrial water treatment community by participating in the Association of Water Technologies and attending the International Water Conference. They let me soar but kept me grounded. They let me share my passion for industrial water treatment they had instilled within me. They believed in me. I made it a mission to not let that belief go wasted, and my career grew as a result. Today, I cannot imagine doing anything else. I like this story because it illustrates a dual responsibility we have. First, people starting off in an industrial water treatment profession require support and belief. They need to be challenged and allowed to make mistakes. They need to be mentored. I have had many mentors in my career. Second, people starting off in an industrial water treatment profession need to take that belief and support seriously. They need to listen, learn, and one day soon, do the same for someone else. I hope you enjoyed today's story on water and equally hope you will share one of your own on social media to help celebrate Careers Friday of Industrial Water Week. Don't forget to tag them with hashtag IWW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O. As James mentioned, we definitely have many responsibilities as professional industrial water treaters. One of those responsibilities that I believe is to mentor others, to share what you learn with other people, thereby elevating our industry. 
I'm always talking about how we need to help others in this industry. After all, that's why I started the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And this is something that I do, and I hope that it helps elevate the industry. I hope some of the things that we introduce on the Scaling Up H2O podcast gets you thinking about how you can do something different, how you can learn a little bit more. I really hope it motivates you to teach what you're learning. And I certainly hope that it motivates you to figure out what you are going to do to advance this noble profession. Today, we wrap up our mini theme of the day interviews. And as the last day of Industrial Water Week, today's interview is about careers. Today, we are celebrating Careers Friday. And the interview that you are going to hear today is an encore presentation from Sean McGrade when I interviewed him on episode 258. As I mentioned earlier this week, my team looks for metrics to help us figure out what's going on in the podcast when it leaves our world. When we send it out into the universe, are we doing all the things that we should be doing to serve you, the Scaling Up Nation? And one of the metrics that we listen to are listen rates. And Sean McGrade's episode 188 which is the first time we had Sean on the podcast, was one of our most listened to episodes that we have ever tracked. I really think this is because people shared it with those that didn't understand what it was that we did in our industry. Sean did such a good job of explaining at an elementary level what our day-to-day is like I've even heard a lot of companies will send episode 188 to prospective interviewees to make sure they understand what they are applying for. So in this week's tradition of having many shareable interviews for you to help give you content to share with whomever you wish, here is Sean McGray. Well, my, my day-to-day definitely varies from day-to-day. Every day is not the same. And there's many hats I need to be able to wear throughout the day to be successful. Whether it's, you know, sitting down with decision makers, doing, you know, proposals or business reviews or having those high-level talks of how can we make improvements? Are there some capital budgets or plans that, that we need to talk about on a project list? to continue to make things better for the plant. And then there's, you know, the other hats where I need to be an electrician. I need to know how to wire up a probe or a controller or troubleshoot something, look at something from a mechanical point of view and diagnose, hey, do we have a flow issue or is there a mechanical reason why something isn't performing how we want? So I'd say the day-to-day is never the same. And there's, you know, a ton of hats we need to be able to wear to be successful. And that's part of the fun. You know, not a whole lot of jobs out there. Do you need to possess so many different traits or skills in order to bring that value to your customer? 
I totally agree with that. I was at a, a meeting once uh, with the Association of Water Technologies, and a young man came up to me and said that he just thought his job was boring. And I said, well, you're not doing it right, and it sounds like you need to find something else because doing this job for more years than I care to announce on the show, I will say I have never been bored in this career. Yeah, a day doesn't go by where, where you don't see something different or exciting or or have to put your thinking cap on, you know? We, we see so many different things. And that's also part of the fun is we, we get that front row seat to, you know, the show, how it's made. And, you know, you could be going into a, a dairy or a semiconductor plant or a plastics, you know, you name it. Well, we get that behind the scenes look to see how that all comes together. Yeah, and it's even better than the How It's Made TV show because the people that are working there, they're so proud to show off what it is that they make. And to get those private tours, there are not that many jobs that allow you to get paid while you do that. Definitely. And, and one thing I've learned throughout that is, is if you just sit back and let them show you and let them walk you around the plant, that's a huge way to build trust, build that relationship. You're exactly right. People are very proud and take pride in what they do. And if you kind of just sit back, let them kind of lead the conversation, it's amazing, you know, some of the conversations you can have. And that really helps to develop those bonds and, and relationships, you know? Absolutely agree. Sean, what would you say your biggest success as a water treater has been so far? You know, not thinking about some of the ways I've helped my customers, you know, kind of taking that off the, the table. The biggest success I can think of is in 2018, I got rep of the year at the prior company I was with. And I think a big part of that uh, was my ability to sell a new account one each month or at least one each month for a whole calendar year. So if we just, if we're thinking accolades or that kind of deal, I'd, I'd say that was my biggest success to date. What would you consider a bad day in water treatment? Oh, that's funny. That's, a, that's also a good question. Some of the bad days, uh, maybe getting an emergency call from a customer that's you know on the other side of your territory and it's pressing or it's pertinent for you to get over there, which will kind of you know screw your original plans up for the, the day or whatnot. Some of the other bad days, maybe maybe losing an account. Maybe there's you know a corporate agreement or an RFP came out where you know they had a vested interest with doing business with a particular water treatment company. So you're kind of shown out the door and, and by no control of your own. And then, you know, oftentimes too, some of these RFPs, they're just looking for the lowest bidder. They're not thinking about the overall value you're bringing. So they're just looking for the you know cheapest cost. And that's, that's also a tough, tough pill to swallow sometimes when you know the value, value you could bring to a plant or the improvements you could help out with to ultimately help their bottom line and make them more successful. You know, oftentimes, what's the saying? You get what you pay for. And I think that that holds true to what we do as well. I always take it as a personal defeat when a customer says, we're going to go with another vendor because they are a cheaper price. I always feel that I didn't do enough to show what our value is 
to help them document it so they could see that it's more than just the invoice they're paying. It is all the value of all the technicians that are coming into that company. You feel the same way when you lose an account? Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I I still struggle with is not taking those losses personally. I look at it as a learning opportunity of how I could have done something differently. Sometimes, you know, no matter what I, I do, it's out of my control. It's It isn't something personal, but I always strive to learn from those events, you know, and and look back on it of, did I present them with all the facts? Were were my service reports documenting or detailing some of the ways that I was really helping promote savings, you know, because oftentimes that water treatment cost is a drop in the bucket compared to some of the bigger costs, whether it's fuel water, man hours, I mean, you name it, that's a, that's a sliver in the overall pie. So could I have done a better job showing them the value that I, that I bring or what savings I've brought? That's kind of what I look back and think about. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I love how you stated that it's a learning experience. And if we can learn something from the experience then that means we are going to get better the next time that opportunity comes around. And I'm just thinking this week, I got a customer back that we lost six years ago. So right when you were getting into water treatment, we were getting fired from this location. And something that a gentleman told me a long, long time ago was you're gonna lose business, but make sure you're always graceful in that process. And I let the people know that uh, anything that we could do to let us know we were always down the road and we could come and help them out quickly. Well, it took six years, but now we are back in that facility. And I have dozens of stories like that. So if you use it as a learning experience, if you, you accept it gracefully, you never know, most likely they're going to ask you to come back. Couldn't agree more. You always, you always want to leave on good terms. You always never want to bash your competition as well. And I've had the same thing happen to me as well, Chase. You know, a year, two years later, they're calling back up saying, hey, we didn't realize what we were getting when we were with you. As I mentioned before, if you want to hear more from that interview, that was episode 258. And if you want to hear the original episode with Sean, that was episode one. 88. Sean, thank you for supporting the Scaling Up Nation. It's my hope that you love being an industrial water treater. Now, one of my favorite things about being a professional water treater is meeting other professional water treaters. Let's face it, we have some of the best people in our industry. And because of our industry, I was able to meet these people and I am now able to call them my friends. And that's so very fortunate because I happen to host a podcast and I'm always looking for new guests to come on so I can introduce them to you, the Scaling Up Nation. So you, the Scaling Up Nation, can be friends with them. When meeting a new friend in water treatment, it's always awkward. Let's face it. It's it's always awkward when we meet somebody new. So specifically in water treatment, whenever I meet somebody new, 
One of the icebreaker questions that I use is, what is one of the things you wish you knew when you first started in this industry? Here's how Tammy Faber answered that question. I'm here with Tammy Faber. Tammy, how are you celebrating Industrial Water Week? Well, our team will be finishing the week most likely with a big picnic at our headquarters in Peloton, Illinois. We had fun with that last year, kind of a a great way to celebrate the team at the end of celebrating the industry that we all love so much. And are you going to make a cake? Is there going to be an industrial water treatment treat there? There is. Last year, we had a decorated cake and a very festive game of cornhole, or as they call it, Illinois bags. And so uh, it culminates with the champion cornhole team for HOH on Industrial Water Week. I'm so glad you told me that. My assistant, the producer of this show, Corinne, talked about bags the other day for our mastermind event, and I had no idea what she was talking about. She was talking about cornhole. I had the same issue when we, when I moved here in September. They were like, we're going to play bags. And I was, I have no idea what you're talking about. So yes, bags in Illinois is cornhole everywhere else in the South. There you go, Nation. There is your public service announcement. You now know we can speak Chicago in now. Well, uh, Tammy, I want to ask you one more question. What is something you wish you knew on your first week as a water treater? I wish I would have known about the industry a whole lot sooner than I did. Um, I'm relatively new, 13 years in a career that over 20 years old. So I would have liked to have been an industrial water treater a lot earlier in my career. So the advice is if you're an industrial water treater, spread the word. Yes, exactly. Nation, as you can tell, Tammy loves this industry. Now I met Tammy through the Association of Water Technologies. I'm trying to remember what we were working on together. We were all either on the same committee or we were on a webinar together, but there were several things that I was doing with AWT and I kept bumping in to Tammy Faber. And I'm so glad that I did because I got to know Tammy through AWT and then Tammy joined the Rising Tide Mastermind and we really got to know each other well through that. And Tammy is a great example of sharing what you know loving this industry, and just giving back as much as she can to make this industry better. She is such a great example for that. Now, if you want to hear Tammy's story, that was in episode 252, so feel free to go back and listen to that. And as James challenged us earlier in his story, I'm curious, how did you get into the water treatment industry? That would be a great post for your social media, and be sure to hashtag that with IWW22 and Scaling Up H2O. Nation, what a great industrial water week. I think it is safe to say that this has been the best celebration yet, and I can only imagine how amazing next year will be. If you're a planner like I am, the next Industrial Water Week in 2023 is going to be October 2nd through 6th. It's always the first full week 
in October. Now, remember, this weekend, go to all your party supply stores and get your Industrial Water Week party supplies on clearance because they'll all be half off. And you know every store has Industrial Water Week supplies. And again, celebrate today in style. Make sure you are celebrating being an industrial water treatment professional. Make sure you're celebrating all of the great things that you get to experience because you are in this industry. I will have a brand new episode for you next Friday. Yes, you're going to have to wait an entire week. You're not going to have an episode each and every day like you did this week. You have to wait an entire week for a new episode, but it will be worth it. Happy Careers Friday, everybody. And remember to end today with a great way to close out Industrial Water Week. All right, I know what you're thinking. But Trace, you promised us a brand new Detective H2O. All right, I didn't forget. I'm just having a little fun with you. Scaling Up Nation, it is my honor to introduce this brand new, never before heard episode of Detective H2O and the Case of Seeing the Dead. The Case of Seeing the Dead. As he stood looking out the rain-smattered window of his office in downtown Waterville, Herbert Henry Oxidane, P.I., C.W.T., cracked a sideways smile when his black rotary phone sprang to life. On the third ring, he answered, Detective H2O here, the best water treater this side of the Ohio. Solving water problems drop by drop. What you got? Mr. Oxidane, I mean Detective Oxidane, or H2O, whatever your moniker is, this is Charlie Bexter, originally from Savannah, Georgia, but I now live in Waterville, and I work at Carlisle Industrial Incorporated. I got your name from a friend, and I thought I'd drop a dime on you. I see. Well, since you got me on the blower, why don't you spit it out? I charge by the minute. Paying cabbage is no problem if you can come on out here and solve our problem. We have this process loop, you see, and it keeps getting loaded up with those microbial critters. I tell you what, despite all our best efforts, why don't y'all come on down here and I'll give you the full scoop. All right, you've hooked me. I'll get my rust bucket started and be out your way within the hour. I might have to fill up the old mirror first since you're uphill most of the way and she gets mighty thirsty in her old age. Fantastic, Detective H2O. We'll be ready for you. Y'all come on down, you hear? As if on demand, the deluge of rain slowed to a light drizzle as Detective H2O pulled to a stop in his rusty blue Ford. Water was in his blood, and weather like this always soothed his soul. Charlie Baxter met him at the front gate and escorted him to his office in the middle of the plant. The detective had never been here before. A multinational water treatment company had this account buttoned up for years. It was telling that he was being invited here now. Something had them perplexed, 
and solutions weren't forthcoming. This is quite the complex operation you have here, Mr. Baxter. Pipes running everywhere, from every direction, it seems. Some water and some not. Oh, please, call me Charlie. And what should I call you? Detective H2O, was the bland reply. Oh, of course. Charlie quickly recovered. You are quite right, Detective H2O. This facility looks like a bowl of spaghetti. In fact, people accuse us of getting Willy Wonka to design it. Every nook and cranny has a purpose to get the final product out the door. But it ain't an easy task keeping it all going. And you can take that to the bank. Tell me about this process loop that's giving you the headache that you mentioned on the phone. Charlie looked out at the facility and said, You see, the main process loop provides cooling water to several critical processes in the plant. It's a completely closed loop all clammed up with no open water to the atmosphere. We had some failures in some piping and even a heat exchanger. Upon inspection, all the reports said MIC, or microbiologically induced corrosion, that is. This comes as no surprise since the metal samples we took even fell slimy. I see. What did you do next? You mentioned taking action on the phone earlier. First, we tested the system for microbial activity, and boy, did we find them. Then we added a non-oxidizing biocide. That seemed to ward them little suckers off for a while, but they soon came back. We tried a few more times, but it was the same old story. It was like a broken record. Then we moved to an oxidizing biocide and we flushed the system before and after we added that biocide. That's not an easy task with a loop this large. Plus, we had to add fresh water treatment chemicals. Those critters came back again. Sometimes you can even smell those suckers in the water. Just over a month and a half ago, we repeated the oxidizer drain and flush again. And of course, we had to put new water treatment chemicals in too. You can probably guess what happened after that. They seemingly returned from beyond the grave to resurrect themselves once again. That's where you come in. Our experts are out of ideas. Charlie said, dropping his head. The detective eyed the poor sap and replied, Well... You've got quite the story to tell there. That's a lot to take in, but I'll do my best to get this canary to sing. First, what is the chemical treatment program you use in the main process loop? Nitrite. Now, I know where you're going with this because we continually see our nitrite levels drop as them bug counts keep going up. That's why we also did a pre-flush prior to adding the oxidizer since we didn't want the reaction between the two becoming part of the oxidizer demand. Yes, very good. Nitrate can be a bug food, and we'll take that into consideration. Nitrate is an excellent corrosion inhibitor and is used successfully in all kinds of applications without the issues you are experiencing. We won't discount its impact, but let's get the lay of the land first. I need to see your testing logs, disinfection reports, and whatever other details you can show me regarding the actions you've taken. We're an open book around here, detective. It's already laid out on that table over yonder. Y'all going over there and help yourself. As Detective H2O perused through the files, he took notes, 
pulled out his near-abacus calculator to confirm a few things and peppered Charlie with questions. Anything Charlie didn't know, he pulled his guys in to answer. Charlie, procedurally, I can't poke holes in your story. It does appear the disinfections were by the book with enough oxidizer for enough time throughout a multitude of checkpoints in the system to be effective. In most applications, it would have worked. There's more to find out, though. Can you walk me through the system next? I want to see everything from where the makeup water comes in to the pumps, heat exchangers, side stream filters, chemical addition points, vents, and drains. Not a problem. And I know where to just start this little trip. Y'all come on now, you hear? Charlie took Detective H2O through a maze of piping, stairs, and aisleways. All the time, the detective kept his eye on the main process loop piping and sketched a process flow diagram as they went along. They tracked down every T, opened the pot feeder, inspected the bag filters, etc. As they stood at what Charlie said was the end of the road, Detective H2O glared at his hand-sketched process flow diagram and said, Okay, this is the last jump-off point from the main line just above our heads. It's the same diameter as the primary flow of the main process loop, quite large. Where does it go? Well, that's there for future expansion plans so we can connect those operations to the main process loop. It ends just beyond that wall over there. It ends, you say. Can you show me? Charlie led the way through a door into the next room where the piping simply ended with a blind flange. Peering up at the stunted piping, Detective H. Toad knew he'd found what he'd been looking for all along. So tell me, Charlie, when you did your disinfection, draining, and flushing of the system, did you do anything special with this part of the piping? Mmm, well, no we didn't. As a matter of fact, I really ain't getting it no mind until you just brought it up right now. I'm sure it drained with the rest of the system. Detective H2O gave his trademark sideways, slightly unsettling smile and proclaimed, That's a dead leg, my good fellow. A what? A dead what? A dead leg. Not a zombie apocalypse, but an area within a system with low to no flow. It can be a leg of piping dead-ended like this one, or even an offline system such as a chiller. Not only can sediment slowly collect in these areas, but so can microbiological activities such as biofilms. Because of the lack of sufficient flow, water treatment chemicals cannot reach far enough into them to be effective. The bugs set up home in these dead legs, safe from your biocides and disinfection activities. Each time you tried to clean the system, they simply waited and re-inoculated the bulk water all over again. I believe this is our smoking gun. Hooey! A dead leg. Who'd have thunk? But what you say makes sense. I tell you what, I'm tired of taking the fall for these little guys. What can you do about it, detective? In your case, I think you need to disinfect the system one more time, unfortunately but this time the entire system. If you can't remove the whole dead leg, you'll at the very least need to install a drain line at the end that you'll have to open on a regular basis to establish flow, remove any sediment, and expose the piping to the water treatment. Plus, I'm curious to see what's inside the pipe. It will need to be cleaned out. 
Let's walk the system again to make sure we're not missing any other such dead legs. And then I'll work with you to develop a plan for a thorough disinfection this time. Alrighty then, let's get started. We'll have them critters sleeping with the fishes before we know it. One month, two months, six months, and a year later, Charlie Baxter called Detective H2O to give him an update on the main process loop. There was no noted microbiological activity. Detective H2O has saved the day once again and was paid all the cabbage he was due. In the underbellies and penthouses of the metropolis of Waterville, where the boilers percolate and cooling towers fog, there is one man who works tirelessly to end corrosion, stop scale, fight low-life microbes, and conserve water. That man is Detective H2O, best water treater this side of the Ohio, solving water problems drop by drop.